Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. So, <clears throat> I love the worship. Thank you. And I love being here. And uh, while I was worshiping, I was thinking, is it okay to think in worship? And uh, I was thinking about why am I here this weekend? Um, we travel a lot. You might have picked that up from that understated, mild intro. Um, but frankly, I was just, while we were worshiping, I thought, okay, Lord, I know why we're here. Um, I, in his mercy, because contrary to what Craig said, I'm about the most ordinary person you ever met. Um, if you look up ordinary in your dictionary, there's a picture of me. And, uh, but I carry a very extraordinary gospel, and so do you. Uh, Romans 1.16, it is the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. And, and why I'm here is because um, in his mercy, I discovered something um, a number of years ago, and, and it's made me like the guy who found the treasure in the field, right? He just became a crazy man. He sold everything. And I, the reason I'm here this weekend is because it's my deep, deep desire that some of what is in me, kind of 24-7, will, will flow out to some of you. Frankly, uh, as I say when I take people around the world, my goal is that you'll go home bigger on the inside than you came. I want to increase, I, I want this weekend, I can't do it, only Holy Spirit can do it, but I want this weekend to increase us, to make us bigger on the inside, because it's a bigger, more powerful gospel than we realize. I promise you that. Um, you know, I, I've been in this deal for a long time. Thank you for telling them 40 years. Now, how are they going to believe I'm 35? Um, that this gospel is absolutely transformative. I look out at some friends who have traveled with me to the nations and who've traveled with me to different churches these last two weeks. And we have watched God do quite remarkable things. Uh, later on, we'll take a little commercial break and I'll show you a three-minute video so you know something about Impact Nations. But <clears throat> the only reason why hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people's lives have been directly impacted is because, because folks like you get a glimpse of the kingdom and that when Jesus says, come follow me, we can't do anything but follow him. I'll, I'll talk about that later this weekend sometime. And so I'm here instead of being home with my kids and my grandkids. And I like them a lot. I'm here because I can't help it. 
It's what gets me on airplanes. And more of my travel is, is out into, you know, Southeast Asian, African, Indian, South America. But when I'm not doing that, I love to be doing this because the desire of my heart is to create an aha moment. I was saying in the car that I was remembering it was the third Thursday in August 1982 where I had an aha moment. From one moment to the next, I saw the kingdom of God. And I sat in a chair and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and it was highly embarrassing because I was in a, a gathering of people and everybody else was getting tea and there's blubbering Stuart and the but but it changed everything. Of course I had no idea. You never know looking forward what's going to change, but looking back. And I hope that for some of you this weekend will be a bit of a marker. Because I know that I know that we bring heaven now. We bring heaven now if we will just understand that we do that you know when I walk into situations when I walk into rooms I do change the possibilities I really do um, you know I was just a few miles from here I don't know we were we've been at about 40 11 places but but just a few miles from here somebody who had suffered been hospitalized with tinnitus prayed for him and he woke up the next morning and, and said, it's gone. Is that right? He says, free. Um, what is that? That's us, you, me, learning that when Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you, Luke 17, what he's saying is, now let it out. Let it out. The whole point of us, why when you got saved, you didn't go straight to heaven, do not pass go, do not collect $200, the reason for that is because we bring heaven now. We bring heaven now. And everything that I'm going to talk about tonight and tomorrow and, and, and all the permeations of that comes down to bringing heaven now. And the other thing I wanted to say, I, I just wrote down a, a well-known verse, but just before I came here, because I felt like I wanted it to be almost a foundation for what I'm going to say this weekend. Is, is the most famous verse on the incarnation. Do you all know what the incarnation is? With Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man. The manifestation of heaven now. Jesus who said, I'm the temple. Who said, I'm the Sabbath. I am the overlapping point between heaven and earth. And I just, this verse, just before I came here, I just put it down, John 1.14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I was with a group of my Impact Nations friends last night, and I said, in the midst of all we're seeing, we get to see thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people come to Christ every year. We get to see... Uh, way more than 100,000. Two years ago, they told me 300,000 people were touched. But in the midst of that, what I said last night is, please, as beautiful as that is, that is let's not get our eyes on that. It's the glory of Christ. It's the glory of Christ. And do you know how things have evolved? I remember in oh, maybe 84, sitting with a group of pastors, and I started talking about the kingdom, and it got really quiet. 
And one of them spoke up. He said, you better keep that kingdom stuff to yourself, mate. That's dangerous stuff. And that's only 35 years ago, which for you is going 35 years ago. But for me, I'm going, that was only 35 years ago. This gospel of the kingdom, it's a word that we hear an awful lot, isn't it? Yes? Basileia. The rule and reign of God. But I want to tell you this, as I talk about the kingdom, and I'm going to talk about tonight releasing the kingdom, and tomorrow I'm going to take us into some practical stuff on healing, and you're going to heal the sick more than you do now because of him. But in the midst of all of that on the kingdom, I want you to stay focused on the glory of Christ. Your revelation of the kingdom cannot be any bigger than your revelation of Jesus Christ, the, the second person of the triune God, the mystery of Christ. It's a mystery that is taking me deeper and deeper and deeper. So when I teach all this stuff and we talk about it and there'll be stories, healing stuff, and it's wonderful. I love it. But at its foundation, it's about the glory of Christ. The glory of Christ. Okay? Everybody ready to go? Oh, I almost got myself worked up. Um, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed as a testimony to all nations. Matthew 24, 14. This gospel of the kingdom is uh, Jesus began his ministry talking about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe. First thing he said. Um, he spoke about the kingdom more than anything else in one translation 100 times in the gospels. He finished after he was resurrected, but before he ascended, he, he taught the guys and the women, I think. He taught them for 40 days, it says in Acts, about the things of the kingdom. If it was so central to him, it's got to be central to us. The thing is, we don't just kind of learn about the kingdom. It's this revelation that keeps growing and growing and growing. Um... I want you to know this gospel is more powerful than we thought it was. I'm, you know, I go to a lot of churches. I have no idea how many hundreds of churches. And uh, I go to some terrific churches, and I go to some churches that cause me to really pray. But uh, this one feels like a terrific church. But by and large, I'm not talking about any individual congregation, but by and large, as I travel, especially in the Western world, America, Canada, Australia, England, I think our gospel has progressively, I would say, especially over the last 200 years, um, has gotten smaller. It's become more contained. It's become safer. It's been, it's like the church has been in retreat bit by bit by bit, generation by generation. And so the gospel in its simplest form is, is kind of small. And it's not all that exciting. And it isn't a game changer. It, 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 it's kind of, oh, please come to Jesus. 
you know, do Jesus a favor. Just give Jesus a chance. Man, I used to hear that in the 70s. I got saved in the 70s. And everybody was telling me, just give Jesus a chance, you know. He is the Alpha and Omega, right? He is the King of Kings. When John saw me, he fell down as though dead. That, that's the one that I'm supposed to just give him a chance. And we tend to say, come to Jesus. Come to church. Try to be good for 50 years. And then you go to heaven. And we wonder why people aren't crowding in to hear that gospel. When the real gospel is, come follow me. Because everything's changed, because I am bringing heaven now, because I am the temple, I am divine space, because I am the Sabbath, I'm divine time, everything overlaps with me, come follow me. That's a different gospel than come to church, be nice, go to heaven. When we get a hold of the gospel, I watch it all over the world. It just changes lives. I watch it by the tens of thousands change lives. I, um, I'll get into it later, I guess. I'm just kind of going all over the place tonight. But, and so in conclusion, no. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got Craig coming with me. I hope some of you will come with me. Uh, we're going to go to Bulgaria. I'll tell you more about it later in September. But, did, hey, by the way, did you guys all get a flyer when you came in? No? Okay. Oh, oh they got to register to get a flyer? What a package deal. If you register and you're good and you go to church, you get to go to heaven. But do you know the last time we were there working with the gypsies, the Roma people... The, we had two nights in a row where the, just the community came because we demonstrated the gospel. We'll talk about that later. We demonstrated with food and medicine and dance and everything. And the whole community came out. Did you know the first two nights, 100% of the people just fantastically gave their lives to Christ? Hallelujah. I was telling them the second, the second night I couldn't even get to the appeal. They just came. Because everyone is made for the gospel. What I want you to know on the Central Coast, everyone was made for the gospel. Because it's, it's the very fabric, it's the DNA of our Creator. And deep down, deep down, everybody is saying, is this all there is? There's got to be more. And there even has to be more than come to Jesus, be nice, go to church, go to heaven. So that's why I get on airplanes and that's why I talk with people, and I, I'm going to say to you probably 10 times this weekend, why don't you just come with me? Come out and play. You know, 1,800 times people have said, okay. And nobody goes, gee, I wish I hadn't done that. I got really bored seeing blind eyes open and deaf ears. And Oh, man, same old, same old. No, we're made for the gospel. This is the treasure. This is the treasure that'll make you a crazy woman. It'll make you a crazy man. Because didn't it after all do that with the early church? Do you notice that? They didn't go to their midweek meeting and then go back to IBM. Their whole lives were changed because they'd seen the treasure. And Jesus said, that's what the kingdom's like. I've seen the treasure, you guys, unabashedly. I'm in awe. I'm amazed but I've seen it. 
and I wouldn't turn back for anything. Remember the end of John 6? Remember Jesus preached that really hot evangelistic message? It went over great. Remember the one? Eat my flesh, drink my blood. Oh, they loved it. And as they all left, he turns to his closest friends. He says, are you going too? And Pete says, where could we go? We're hooked. We've seen too much. There's no going back. I'm just telling you, there's no going back. So, that's why I'm here. I guess I should start saying something. It is a gospel of rescue. It is a gospel of confrontation against injustice. We work against injustice. You're going to hear stories. We get people out of slavery. We get people out of prison. We get people out of poverty. Why? It is because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. I promise you it's not our great plans and strategies and everything. It's the gospel itself is so powerful. What I want this weekend no matter where you are on that revelation of the power of the gospel grid, I want you further up and further in by the time the weekend ends. Amen? Amen. All right. Turn to the person beside you and say, this Canadian guy is kind of excitable. The gospel brings transformation wherever it is. Um, we were in uh, we were in northern India, I think in March, so three months ago, and um, we were seeing God do amazing things. We've seen incredible stuff happen in northern India, just from four journeys of compassion, which I'll explain later. Just four trips. Did you know over eighty thousand people are now baptized and being discipled? How many say that's good? And how many say that's supernatural? I promise you our strategy isn't that good. But there's favor. You see, when you're in the bullseye, it comes with favor. So the favor we had this one day is the, the chief priest of the Sikh temple said, would you like to come and do a mobile medical clinic? We said, hot dog. We showed up. We did that. We're doing the clinic right in the middle of the temple in the courtyard. And the people are watching. And so some of our team went out, like they always do, and uh, just started to pray for the sick in the Sikh temple. And did you know over 320 people were healed? That's good, right? And then just over 180 Sikhs gave their lives to Christ. With the Sikh priest, the chief priest, and the other priests, you know, just there. And they're not going, they're going, Wow. And when we were done, the chief priest said, that was fantastic, Day. When are you coming back? This gospel's bigger than we think, folks. It's not about trying to get people to come to church. That'll happen. That'll happen. But it's not. It's just about releasing heaven now. And so this gospel is very powerful. And, you know, I could just tell you a lot of stories I think I better just do a quick explanation of what we do. I suddenly realized. We do stuff. There we go. We'll move on now. It all started 16 years ago. I was a pastor and church planter. 
pastored, uh, planted a bunch of churches. And I was flying home <clears throat> from Seoul, Korea, had done, Christina and I had done about two weeks of meetings, pastors, Christian businessmen. And on the way home, the presence of God just came around me very suddenly. And the Lord said this to me. I was 50 at the time, so you can do the math. Um, he said, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? I'll let you do anything. I was so startled. I said, anything? He said, anything. And I'd been a pastor and planter most of my work life. But I, this came out of me. I said, then if I can do anything, I want to rescue lives. I want to rescue them spiritually, educationally, socially, medically, economically. That's what I want to do. And he is the only one who knew. The Lord is the only one who knew I said that except for Christina. And within a few weeks, phone calls just started happening. And I just started going out and going out. And eventually I couldn't pastor anymore. The, the pivot point was I'd again, like I tried to hold the two together for about four years. But I would be away five, six, seven weeks. And the pivot point was I came back from another trip. And I saw we had a new welcome team. And they invited me to fill out a welcome card. <laughs> and I thought, okay, it's probably time. And, uh, and that was about 11 years ago. So, what do we do? We are absolutely convinced that the gospel of the kingdom is a really big, powerful gospel that touches every part of life. I do not believe in secular, sacred, sacred dualism at all. And so, uh, because of that, we so much believe that when, when the Lord heals somebody, when eyes open or ears open like happened a week and a half ago in Uganda, then the kingdom of heaven has come, right? But I also believe that when we get mosquito nets or we get food or medicine or we get jobs for women, equally the kingdom of heaven has come. I mean, Jesus said that good news is preached to the poor, right? In uh, Matthew 11. If it's not good news to the poor, it's not good news. So because of that, because I believe that in this very holistic gospel, we take people with us, as I told you, 1,800 times people have come, and we go out in the front lines every single day. You, you won't do any church conferences or pastor's conferences. Those are just fine, but don't come with us to do those. Because what you're going to be doing is you'll be out on the front lines in teams every day, and you are going to heal the sick every day, and you are going to uh, lead people to Christ every day. And you're also going to help in a mobile medical clinic and you're going to get food to hungry people and, and so forth because I want to actualize this deep conviction of the gospel. So those are called journeys of compassion. And I think we've just finished number 68 of those. We've had people from nations all over the world and we come together in every church background and it's wonderful. The second thing we do is... When we go in and we do these journeys of compassion, they just, as you can imagine, they bring a massive impact and, and uh, just an impact to an area. And so many, many come to Christ. I work hard during the day while the clinics are going on. I'm working with local pastors and their leaders on how to make disciples, how to follow up. And uh, when people say yes to Christ, like I told you a minute ago when we did among the Roma people, Every one of them would have been followed up in 24 hours, right? Because this doesn't change your life, folks, all right? Um, we need to make disciples. I'll talk about that later, too. So 
this opens doors for us and we work with, with churches, with networks, with governments to do long-term sustainable projects. And I won't say a bunch because I've got a, a video that my son put together for us as soon as we arrived here of just what's gone on in the last five months. But all kinds of stuff. We get clean water to people all over the world, over half a million people now. We've got permanent clean water too. And businesses and feeding and on and on. So those are the things that I do when I'm not doing this, um, and that's what we're talking about. That's my frame of reference. It's why I don't just think that the kingdom of God touches every part of life. It's because I watch it all over the world all the time, okay? And whether it's, whether it's somebody getting healed a few miles from here or in New Jersey, I was thinking driving in the car, I was in a really, really, really poor area, uh, uh, in a city called Patterson, New Jersey. And I did one of these. And I said, let's go out. And the people said, yeah, but that won't really work here because this is Patterson, New Jersey. And I said, what I, and they say that to me everywhere I go. And I said, I understand that, boy. And you know the neighborhood better than I do. Why don't we just try anyway? And then they come back and they, it worked, it worked. How many know that the kingdom of God even works in New Jersey? It'll work almost anywhere. I, I don't even know if it'll work in the Central Coast, but it'll work every other place I've been. I happen to know firsthand it will work on the Central Coast. I've healed the sick. I've ministered to people here on the Central Coast a whole bunch of times in the past. Now, where did I go down that road for? I can't remember. I'm lost. Oh, New Jersey, even there, watching a woman coming up a hill leaning so hard on a cane it was bending i said i saw her i said ma'am what's up and she said i've had two strokes i'm in unbelievable pain all the time and i prayed for her and all the pain went and she picked up the cane she didn't throw it away she just picked it up and she shouted i don't remember her name gladys or something up at the w look at this and she ran up the hill so i want you to know this is the gospel it is in india and africa but it is in Canada, America, England, and Australia. It's a gospel that touches everything. And this call of the kingdom is a call into the great purpose, the great adventure. It's the story of God that he calls us into. It's not a past tense story. Jesus lives beyond time, right? That's why he said before Abraham was, I am. Remember that? End of uh, John 8. So, this greater story, his unfolding plan for creation, when we follow Jesus into this great adventure, we can always make a bigger difference and make it more quickly than we ever thought. This is one of the great lessons for us. We get to make differences that are huge and are fast, fast, fast. All together with just the the knock-on effect, we've seen over 7,000 men and women freed from prison. Did you know when Jesus said, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, he's anointed me to preach good news to the middle-class charismatics <laughs> and freedom to the prisoners, and we've reduced it. You see, we have a reductionist gospel. Freedom to the prisoners, oh, we're going to do inner healing conferences because that means people that are bound up. Well, yes, and I'm all for it. My wife knows ten times as much as I do about that. But we've discovered that when Jesus said the gospel brings freedom to the prisoners, if you look carefully at the language, what he meant was freedom to the prisoners. <laughs> so over 7,000 prisoners are free now. 
and with housing and business and everything. It's this gospel which is powerful, which is incredibly transformative. And when we get a hold of this, when we find out that we can do stuff quicker than we ever thought, a few months ago in January, our partners in Bulgaria called me and said, Oy vey, they said, the, Oy vey is Bulgarian for, oh man. Um, and and they said, that there's snow on the ground and these Roma kids are barefoot with no coats. Six days later, because of the acceleration of the gospel, those kids had coats and boots. A hundred kids in six days. Isn't that good? This gospel really moves fast. Jesus moves fast. If you're going to follow Jesus, keep your runners on. Okay. So, we're invited. This is the other thing I wanted to say. What I have been very challenged on, I've talked on it the last two Sundays in part, is God challenged me a few years ago, not about how powerful my gospel is, or how full of faith my gospel is, but how beautiful is my gospel. We were made for beauty. Dostoevsky said beauty will save the world. And we were made for beauty. And when I am teaching people how to give away a beautiful gospel, the result is fantastic all the time. People just say yes to me. Nobody ever says no when, when I say, can I now can I pray for you? Because we're made for beauty. Did you know that? Beauty just reflects the cosmos. We have a beautiful creator who made a beautiful creation. It's in the DNA. It's in every molecule. Beauty. And so my question to people all the time is how beautiful is the gospel? And I hope this weekend you're going to see that it's beautiful. Um, Ezekiel 47 that famous vision he had of the river flowing from the temple. And the first thousand cubits, it's up to his ankles, and then it's up to his knees, and then his waist, and then a river that no man could cross. You all tracking with me? A couple of things I want you to notice. Number one, the further away from the temple, the deeper it got. See, we tend to say, oh, man, we got to just come together because we need the presence of the Lord. Well, yes, the tonight, for example. I mean, if you've got a pulse, you knew the presence of the Lord was here. But his promise is go. It's a go gospel. Go into all the world. And then he, he tacks at the end of the go, oh, and by the way, I'm with you always as you go. It's a go gospel. So that's the first thing you notice there, that the further from the temple, and that's so counterintuitive because we have an enemy. He's called the father of lies. And all the time he'll tell you, oh, you better not ask that person if I could pray for them. They'll probably say no. Or, oh, this neighborhood's hard. It's funny, you know, 100% of the towns I go to, they tell me, well, our community's really hard. What is that? It's because you've got an enemy who's not that excited about you bringing heaven now to the Central Coast. And he's the father of lies. Why do we listen to the father of lies? Duh. Right? So, so what I'm saying is that as we go and go, there's more and more of the favor of God. Frankly, guys, I, I love the Holy Spirit's presence here. But you don't actually need the Holy Spirit here. You need him at Coles. 
You need him at Gloria Jeans. You need him at the beach. That's where you need him. You understand? And the other thing is in this river, it says in the Christian Standard Bible, I love the translation, it says that the river flows to the foul places. And every place it goes, everything lives. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Um, that, that it comes to the foul places all around us, the broken places. And wherever it flows, everything shall live. Okay? Now, God made everybody in the central coast, everybody on planet earth with two great needs, security and significance. Healthy churches do a pretty good job on security. This is a family. This is a place where people belong. Everybody welcome. We care for each other. That is excellent. It's, it's one of the great needs. But the other great need, equally great need, is significance. God's put into us. He's a creator God, infinitely creative. And he's put in everybody an infinite creative gene that has to make a difference has to leave a footprint and so what we need to understand is the gospel touches not only security but significance you know I um, for years I, when I preached the gospel outdoors in various countries I would preach a gospel that, that was about the beauty of the Lord and, well, not so much the beauty in those days, but more just come to Jesus and, um, you know, he'll wash you clean and he'll make everything new and you'll be with him forever. All of that's true. But that's a security gospel. What I now preach is he is the king and his kingdom is advancing and tonight he's calling you to follow him into the, the ultimate significant. It touches all the cosmos. So I preach significance. I preach it to young men and women. I preach about he's got something for you that's going to change this community. He's going to bring heaven now through you because that's the only way he brings it. And the difference is that there's about twice as many people come forward, as I said, sometimes 100%. And instead of it being the little old ladies pulling their husbands or their kids to the front, they're at the back now because the young people, man, they're the ones at the front. They're the ones at the front. So we need to understand that gospel, gospel must have significance. Really, all it needs to do is recognize the, the ultimate and infinite significance that is contained within this remarkable gospel. There's a desire in every person for something, something bigger. I was praying yesterday, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I often pray uh, the Lord's Prayer. In fact, at some point, oh, you know what I just thought of? Pardon me, but would you guys at the, in, the, in the booth at the back, would you put up that slide? Because I've got an e-book I want to give you. Uh, based on the questions that I'm usually asked about healing. I just thought of that. So, so I know in church you don't usually like to take out your devices, you know. Hmm, take them out. 
Everybody take out their phone. And while I'm talking, if you just want to do that, uh, we'll give you a book tonight. I think it'll pop up on your phone immediately. Um, what we've noticed is those people under 50 have no problem. Those people over 50 sometimes have a little glitch, but we pick it up at the other end and we'll send it to you in the next day or two. Isn't that interesting? I, I don't like, I used to be VCRs. Who's old enough to remember VCRs? Programming those. And I'd have to get my kids and they'd say, oh, dad. And now it's my grandkids saying, oh, papa. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it goes. Um, <coughs> so you can put that up there. Thank you. You can have a look at that. But I was, I was praying, and the reason I thought of that is because if you look on our website, impactnations.com, or the Australian one is impactnations.org.au, uh, I've, got, I've got a book, uh, an e-book on, on the Lord's Prayer. But thy kingdom come, and by the way, it's, it's uh, imperative. The, the language is come thy kingdom. Be done thy will. There's something emphatic. And it is about out there and it's about in here. But the kingdom is, is you know, the rule and reign of God. Um, when Jesus came, he came announcing a new reality. The kingdom has come, but not fully come. But you're even watching it advance and advance. This afternoon I was reading about the transfiguration in my room. And where, where suddenly they see Christ, they're trying to find language, more dazzling white than any launderer could make it, is how Mark called it. I love that one. But what is really happening is I think that the three guys, uh, James, John, and Peter, I think actually it's like the veil came off and they saw who he really is. I don't think he started dazzling. I think they finally saw, oh, this is who he really is, this incredible, glorious God. Well, and even in that, the kingdom's advancing. The kingdom's advancing. And uh, <laughs> we have uh, one of the couples that we just love travel with us. She's a professor of pediatric medicine. Her husband's a dentist. And we were doing a journey of compassion, I think Uganda. And they'd been working like crazy, and we had kind of a a slower day, no clinic that day. And she was sitting on a bench. She told me I was just gassed. So I was just sitting there enjoying the sun. And this 10-year-old blind kid was brought and sat down beside her. And she thought, oh, man, I'm pretty gassed. <laughs> but she prayed for him. She says, I probably prayed for him for 25 seconds. And the Lord opened his eyes. Isn't that great? Somebody went running and got his dad and brought him and he's jumping up and down. Well, what is that? That's the kingdom of heaven, which literally is the kingdom of the heavens, by the way. It's that ultimate realm that's all around us and at any moment could break in. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow if anybody comes back about how to recognize the activity of heaven when it breaks in. But that was heaven broke in. And in a moment with no strain, no effort, it's just heaven was there. Heaven now. So that's what the kingdom of God is about. Now, I want to tell you a little bit. I want to tell you a little bit about following this Jesus. Because he did say, come follow me. And, uh, 
And even that call, we're back to what I said a minute ago about significance. His call was not a call to security. Um, if you're looking for security, uh, you need to think twice about really following him. It's always risky following Jesus. I'll talk about that after the break. But um, what did he say to them? He said, come follow me. He said, I'm going to teach you to fish for people. What was he saying? He did not say, come follow me and your heart will be healed. Come follow me and I will lead you to the Father. He didn't even say, come follow me and you'll go to heaven with me. He didn't say any of those things. He said significance. Come follow me, there's a job to do. There's a job to do. The, the parable of the, of the landowner in uh, Matthew 20 says they went out to hire workers who'd been standing idle in the marketplace. Why are you standing around idle? Because nobody hired us. And he says, today you're hired. Now, by the way, I just want to point this out. This beautiful, beautiful gospel. As they followed him into purpose, I'm going to teach you to fish for people. There's a job to do. Their hearts were healed. They discovered who they really were. They met the Father he said, you're going to be with me forever. But it wasn't the call. Does that make sense to you? See, what you believe about Jesus will determine the way you live your life. I promise you that. You can take that to the bank. It's really important what you believe about Jesus. I've been teaching people for a long time that for me, I read through the Bible once a year but I read the Gospels every single day. Today was Luke 6. I just read the Gospels every day. Never get tired of reading them. 40 years, read the Gospels every day. Why? I learned from Paul. I learned from Isaiah. I learned from Moses, but I'm following Jesus. And isn't it funny? Who knows how many times have I read a Gospel in 40 years? I don't know. Hundreds. And every day I go, wow. Wow. So what you believe about this king will determine the way you live your life. I think most of us live our lives too small, too cautious. We're afraid of making mistakes. When I used to pastor, I remember one time, the church was just growing like crazy. And I used to gather the leaders together about every other week in my house, even when it was too crowded. And uh, just because I love family. And I remember one time as we gathered, um, you know, we worshiped and we did whatever we did. And then I started to talk to them and I said, I'm really concerned about something. Well, I never, I'm very upbeat. You probably can't tell that. And, uh, and they were surprised. I said, we're not making enough mistakes. And they went, what? I said, we're not making enough mistakes. I love mistakes. I hit up a movement that's, you know, in more and more countries. Last year I found out on a trip, I opened up the website and went, oh, we're in Ethiopia. But uh, I have a high tolerance for mistakes because I have a value for risk. I used to be a snow skier, right, Canadian? And if I finished the day and I hadn't had a really good tumble, I was disappointed because I knew it meant I hadn't learned anything new. So, what you believe about this king 
will determine the way you live your life. Because he said, follow me, right? Well, you can do that even without your fingers going. That's very good. Are you playing with your toes? No, never mind. Who is this king of glory? Psalm 24. Who is this king of glory? Well, first of all, he is the seeking king. Look at Jesus in the Gospels all the time. Look, write in your Bible. I was telling him about a friend of mine who said, some of you, your Bibles are too good to write in. You need to throw those away and get a crummier Bible. So, um, I, I, the seeking king. He, the, Luke 19.10, the son of man came to seek and to save. That's what you see all the time. You see him out seeking, seeking, seeking all the time. Jesus didn't have office hours. Right? He was out there. Look at the end of Mark 6. It says that they brought the blind and the lame and the deaf to him and he healed them all. But what that verse fully says is brought the blind and the lame and the deaf to him in the marketplace. And he healed them all. They knew where to find them. And the early church learned from that. There's 22 miracles in the book of Acts. 21 of them are out there. Say out there. Where is out there? Show me where's out there. You got it? Stop trying to get people saved in here. They're already saved. It's really hard. But if you go where they don't know Jesus. So he was the seeking king. So he says, come follow me. Okay. I'm seeking. I'm seeking. I'm seeking. I'm with a woman at the well. I'm with, I'm with a prostitute. I'm with a, I'm with a crooked political uh, and business guys. I'm everywhere. And he's always saying, come on, keep up. That's in the Amplified Version. He's the seeking king. Say seeking king. Secondly, he's the inviting king. And this has grown in me and grown in me. And, and I'll tell you about a, a book I just released last week. And, and it's part of it too. It doesn't get away from me. After 20 years, the inviting king, everywhere he went, he said, of course, you come too. You come too. Hey, Zacchaeus, come on down from the tree, man. I'm coming to your house for lunch. And it healed his heart so much to be included that he wasn't invisible. He's up the tree because everybody just thinks he's Zacchaeus the rat. And Jesus says, come on, of course you're included. By the way, this is what I encounter all the time all over the world, when, especially when I'm among the poor and I start talking. They say, well, you don't understand. I, I got to get stuff cleaned up in my life you know, whatever their addictions are, or whatever their stuff. And I say, no, you're ready, right? You come too. You come too. That's probably a life message for me, isn't it, dear? Everywhere, you come too. Jesus lived the most inclusive life that was ever lived. Gospel is always inclusive. But I got to tell you, religion, no matter how nice it is, especially religion that's in me, is always exclusive. Wow. Let me explain that. Gospel says belonging comes before believing. Religion says if you believe like us, then you can belong. Did Jesus ever do a deal? Did he ever? 
Son of David, have mercy on me. Well, let's just go over the four spiritual laws. Did he say, if you get your life cleaned up, I'll give you a new life? No, he just says, come, come, come. Gospel is always inclusive, and I promise you, all over the world it's the same. They don't know they're included. So we've got to follow the seeking king who ain't in church, the inviting king who breaks the lie of their self-exclusion by saying, of course there's room. Jean Vanier, one of my favorite writers, he just talks about the gift of welcome. And welcome is, is, yes, it includes my time and my schedule and what I do, but it also includes just my heart. There's room in my heart for you always. Drunk or sober, whatever your list is, the gift of welcome says, of course you come too. Zacchaeus, come on, man. The prostitute crying at his feet in Luke 7. Your nice Bible says immoral woman. The prostitute. And everybody's offended because they think that believing comes before belonging. But he never once says, there, there, you're creating a little bit of a scene, my dear. He lets there be a complete transaction and all of her brokenness, all of her rejection, all of her shame. We'll talk about it after the break. Beauty for ashes. And the religious people are freaked out and he just knows it's the it's the power of inclusion. That's what Central Coast needs. And then the third thing about following this king, he's the servant king. Mark 10.45, he says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Well... I was pastoring early on, early days. I was still young. And somehow in his mercy, these things came into me. And I thought, if I'm going to follow you, I'm following a servant king. So I got to serve. So for me, what I needed to do was leave the church every week, um, you know, every Thursday afternoon in one church, every Wednesday morning in another and I would leave the church, no Bible, no cross around my neck, no collar, no Pastor Steve stuff, but I would go with a bucket and a squeegee. I'd go with bottles of cold water. I'd go with whatever. And I would simply go and I'd just serve in the community. You're looking at a guy who's washed more windscreens than probably anybody you ever met. And swept walks and cut lawns and whatever. Why? By trying to make a deal? No. I just say, hey, could I just sweep your walk? Why? They say, how much? I say, 20 bucks. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> Why? Oh, it's just a little way of, of telling you today how much Jesus loves you. Folks, would you get this? Romans 2, 4. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Not our apologetics, not our theology. It's the kindness of God. And so I would go out and be kind in the community. 
And I never would say, would you like to come to my church now that I did your walk or, or shoveled your walk or washed your car? No. But I would say, hey, can I just pray for you for a few seconds? And I would just pray. And the Lord would come and it would be lovely and it's great. I also did it because being a senior pastor, especially as, if, as the church became large, is one of the weirdest existence known to man. Because everybody treats you special. You know? Ooh, Pastor Steve, can I get you a coffee? Ooh, Pastor Steve, my wife baked this cake for you. Ooh, Pastor Steve, you're the best preacher I ever heard. They're not bad people. But I needed to go out and just wash some windshields and rake some leaves and just be Steve. That's why he knows I squirm when he does what he did tonight. God bless him. He's loving me and honoring me, but I'm dying a thousand deaths when I'm up here. Just, and I don't say that critically. I'm just saying it's the reality because I know who I am. I'm just a son. So if we follow the servant king, you know, when I get home, I'm going to be jet-lagged. But after a few days... I'll go, there's a trailer park I've been going to, and there's an area called the War Zone. You can tell it's not a high tourism area. And, uh, and I'll just give away some stuff, and I'll just say, can I pray for you? And I'm going to have wonderful encounters. And by the way, I need them way more than they need me. I want you to know that. The poor are God's mirror to me of his grace. So what you believe about the king will determine the way you live your life. He's the seeking king. He doesn't just stay here and say, well, we got a sign that says everyone welcome. I'm not taking a shot at anybody. I had signs. I paid a lot of money for good signs. <laughs> but that isn't it. Right? Like I tried a sign that said nobody welcome, and it didn't work. <laughs> But you understand my point? I've got to go. I've got to go. And I have to push against the father of lies who tells me don't go, don't talk, don't pray for the sick. Nothing's going to happen. Do you know that guy? Anybody know him? It's a beautiful gospel. It's a beautiful, beautiful gospel. And he's a beautiful king. I... um. I think we're going to take a little break for a moment there. Are you okay if we take a little break? And then when it's done, I'm going to show you a little video, and uh, we'll see where it goes. So uh, now I'm told I have to be done by midnight, right? That was nervous laughter. Let's just take a five-minute, you know, bathroom stretch break, and then let's get back to it. Is that good? God bless you guys. Thanks for letting me come here tonight. Pardon me? I can't hear you, dear. Oh, the books. Thank you. I forgot. She said, tell them about the books because there's a break. I got books. Oh, should I say more? Um, I, I do. There's, there's three books here that I've written. Uh, when Everything Changes, uh, Healing Justice in the Kingdom of God. This is really, the, it's got stories in it and everything, but this is the theological foundation for what I'm telling you tonight got a book called The Journey, 35 Kingdom Encounters Around the World, stories from around the world. And I've got the one that we just launched in Australia, I think 12 days ago. And in America, about 10 days ago, you guys beat the States. Yay, hot dog. 
Uh, it's called The First Church Restored. And I am very excited about it. Um, worked pretty hard on this one. It's really about, people say to me, I think I told you earlier, people say to me, oh, that's just because they got a different culture. And I said, no, it's the church had a different culture. So I looked here really closely at how Jesus made disciples, not how we make disciples, uh, how the early church did, how that's been recovered in places in the world like our, our kids, Randeep and Anu, um, and, and Mike and so forth. And then how can we bring that here in our Western world? And how is it being brought? And uh, so that's the first church restored. Uh, it, there, it's $20, but I got a special deal tonight, two for 40, okay? <laughs> Why don't you go take a break? Precious blood has left me forgiven Pure like the whitest of snow Powerful to make sin and shame retreat This covenant is making me whole So I For by his mercy 
Folks, let's come back. Go on the home stretch tonight. Come on back. Please come back, please. Okay, um, I'm going to take three minutes. We're on the home stretch, by the way. Um, I, wanted, I wanted you to just see a little bit of what we're doing. Um, I got time to do that? Okay, we'll take time. So we'll show you, uh, again, our, our oldest son is actually the head of, uh, he's the director of operations now, much better at it than his dad ever was. Um, and he put this together for us while we were in the air. So we picked it up just before we did the first meeting. So this will give you a little idea of just the last four or five months. Okay? Thank you. to conduct a medical clinic in a Sikh temple where hundreds of people were healed and saved. Since then, our partners have been planting house churches in that community and new As a result, we were given the opportunity to release 850 children from the brickyards and instead provide them with an education. Six months ago, these children weren't even recognized by the government. 
but now they will be provided with 12 years of schooling and a life of freedom from slavery. The children's uniforms were made by graduates of our sewing school, single mothers who've escaped a life of crippling poverty and abuse and are now able to provide for their children. In the Philippines, our Journey of Compassion team installed water filters in 15 schools and many remote villages, providing clean water for over 3,000 people in less than two weeks. We've set a goal to provide water filters for every single school in the typhoon-ravaged province of Eastern Samar. There will be two more teams returning to the Philippines this year, so don't miss your chance to bring the gift of clean water to this desperate people. Our 2019 Journey of Compassion to Uganda included people as young as 17 and as old as 82. We were amazed by God's grace as the team was able to baptize 70 new believers in rural villages. As well, we're seeing lives transformed through business training and microenterprise. In fact, a tailoring shop that was started by Impact Nations is now employing several local women, and the profits are providing for many orphans. In the urban slums of Kampala, Young people have escaped a life of abuse and poverty through various vocational schools where they're learning marketable skills such as graphic design, hairdressing, event management, and catering. Each student also receives our basic business training that is tailored specifically for their situation. Along with our partner churches in Kenya and various levels of government, Impact Nations is facilitating the distribution of 1,800 computers. These brand new machines will broaden the horizon for thousands of students and further empower pastors to preach the gospel. Also in Kenya, we will soon be returning to the streets and prisons of Nakuru to rescue women and provide them with opportunities to start small businesses. All of this and the year's not even half over. In the months to come, we anticipate new businesses being started in Nepal, and our basic business training will soon reach northern India. During our upcoming journey to Bulgaria, many new house churches will be planted in one of the world's oldest cities. We would like to thank all of our donors from around the world. With your help, the good news of the kingdom is being both preached and demonstrated each and every day. Don't miss your chance to come and see for yourself what God is doing. Lives are being changed forever. Yours good too. Are we on? Yes, we are. I'd just like to endorse everything you've seen there. I've been on, what, about 10 Journeys of Compassion? Everything Steve said is true. Uh, I remember being in a room with a guy in the Philippines who's never prayed for anybody before. And I remember about five days later, uh, you remember? And he was in the middle of a village praying for this young woman that was mute. And she started to speak. Hallelujah. And here's this guy, he'd never, he'd, he didn't expect it was possible. And yet he saw the kingdom of God come to that girl that day. And there was rejoicing in the village. It was just this last time I was in the Philippines. Sorry, Steve, I'm taking too much time. But in the Philippines, and this, we went into a house, went into a house, and this, this older woman, she was almost as old as Steve. And she was, she was limping through the door. And we prayed for a couple of minutes, and this woman started dancing. It was just the most beautiful picture of freedom that comes when the kingdom of God comes. Tonight I'm here because I've been asked to, for us to take a, a small offering. Now the small offering is going to be huge because it's for Impact Nations Australia. 
uh, Steve and Christina were gracious enough to release a group in Australia called Impact Nations Australia. Because of our government set up, and I'll explain it to you later on if you want me to, we are non-evangelistic, but we do projects that rescue the poor. And one of the projects we have running at present, this is amazing. We are in the process of putting water filters in every primary school in region of Eastern Samar in the Philippines. You heard Tim talk about two trips this year to the Philippines. I'm going on both of those trips. Yes, we are. And we're actually going to put water filters in schools, in primary schools, where they don't have clean water, where kids are suffering because they don't have clean water. Steve's already said the gospel is much bigger than you believe, than you understand. When you take clean water into an area, you see not only children, but their parents and the village changed. Just imagine that as, a, as an opportunity to give. We, we've got the ambition of providing $100,000 worth <laughs> of water filters into this area called Eastern Samar. And we're asking you tonight, you might like to gift us with some money to do that. By the way, if you want to come to the Philippines to help us do that, you might like to see me later on, that'd be fine. But can I say these journey of compassions, oh, they rewire you, don't they, Steve? They rewire you. They rewire you. But for Impact Nations Australia, we ask you to give because we believe the gospel is so empowering not just in salvation. By the way, when we put water filters into schools, we always pray. And then we say to the teachers, is there anybody sick? And one of the teachers puts their hand up and we pray for them and guess what? They get healed. We're not evangelists, by the way. And then we say, do you know who healed you? No. Let me tell you about Jesus. And so simply distributing water filters just leads to people coming into the kingdom. Is that good news? You know, I used to say when I was preaching before, I used to always say it's better news than sliced bread. It is great news. And so I'm asking you to give one of, there's a couple of ways you can give. You can actually give some, we're going to put some buckets around, I think, or bags or whatever it is, Phil, whatever. We're going to use Phil's back pocket, we're just going to whatever it is but we're going to take up a collection. If you don't want to give money, you can actually do an FPOS machine at the book counter or you can go straight onto your phone and you can actually make a donation directly on the Impact Nations Australia website and you can actually donate money to directly to there because this is good. Can I say, this is good. Why? Because we are bringing the largeness of the gospel into this place. Amen? So I think somebody's going to take up a collection. Is that right? Somebody who's organised to do that? Have we got somebody? Well, can I release those people who are going to take up the offering to, to just go around and I'm waiting. It's going to happen. All good? Thank you. Yeah, 
that can just go. That, thank you. You're, you're helping us to rescue lives. And we've got that project, and we've got other projects, and we've got places all over that, uh, that we're doing that. So thank you so much. Um, I'm going to wrap it up in a few minutes here because you guys have worked hard all week. It's, uh, it's Friday night here. Now, mind you, where I am, it's just barely Friday morning uh, in Canada, but uh, you guys have had a long day. Let me just tell you this. You know, by the way, that uh, unsafe drinking water is the number one health issue in the world, right? Most people know that now. Kills more people uh, every day than AIDS, malaria, and TB combined. And in fact, in the length of time we've been together tonight, about 3,000 people died from bad water. So this, we're so committed to this, and I don't even know how many countries we're doing this in all over the place. But also, the interesting thing, and, and I'll talk tomorrow about transformation, but as we bring transformation, churches just get established left, right, and center. We've got a town I'll tell you about tomorrow that had one church and now has 52 churches, and we didn't have a church planting strategy. We just got clean water and food and jobs for the women at risk, etc. So, so this gospel is pretty powerful. Amen? All right. Um, I'm going to teach the rest tomorrow. Is anybody planning on coming back? Okay. Well, all six of us, we're going to have us a time. And tomorrow, we're going to heal the sick right here, and then we're going to do the same thing out there. And I was about to say out there, and I forgot what town I'm in. Why, why on? Wyong. Wyong. Well, because. Okay. Um, will you still love me if I let you go early? Yeah? Okay, because I just talked with Phil and he, we, we think it's probably a good idea. On your way out, a couple of things. Um, have a look at the books. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to just sell books. This I really believe in. I've put so much, I believe because I'm watching. I'm watching. Do you know what it's like to see 150,000 people baptized in a year? How many say that's a good year? Would that be a good year for you, Phil? So have a look at, at those. And we meant to get uh, a brochure to everybody. If you did not get a brochure about journeys, pick one up on the way out. Ann and Arthur will be there to make sure you get one. Why don't you stand? I can't hear you? I don't know. Do you guys... Is that alright? A little bit of ministry? Okay, because I, I want to be sensitive to what you're saying with the time. Uh, for sure, the people who have pain in your left knee, if you'd come up right now, God's going to heal you. Who's got problem in their left knee? He loves to heal even Craig. <laughs> we got some arthritis going on here. Come up, please, if you like. 
And could I get some of my beloved Impact family to come up and help us pray? Oh, I know there's going to be several people, but the Lord just showed me a lower back right in here, right in here. If you'd come up, we're going to pray for you. The Lord's going to bring healing. Before I uh, just release you, I'd like to pray over everybody, if I may. Say heaven now. The kingdom comes to you and through you and from you. It's always been God's plan, all the way back to Genesis 12 with Abram. So Lord, in, in your name, Jesus, I bless my new friends to bring heaven now. I bless you to release the kingdom of God. I bless you to follow the seeking and the inviting and the serving king. I bless you to live more inclusively than you ever imagined. And watch the gospel multiply through you. In the name of Jesus, let the Spirit of God stir up the God dreams within you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Faith to live like Christ for all our days.